And it becomes conflicting because there's one aspect like now that I share about it more, right? But at the time you're like, well, I have this responsibility to like inspire and be that positive people because a lot of people are going through a dark time and I had positioned myself as someone that can be that positive spot for them, right? So it it is hard when you're dealing with this all like behind the scenes and Welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast. I'm your host Deepak Sharma and this week I sit down with Mallory Rowan. Uh, Mallory's super interesting because she is a power lifter, an entrepreneur, a marketer, an influencer, and so much more. Uh, but all titles aside, Mallory is just an amazing person with a really powerful story. As one of the co-founders of LVD Fitness, a lifestyle and apparel brand for athletes, uh, Mal talks about her journey in fitness and business and how she was able to build up a six-figure business that nearly killed her. We talk about how she was able to truly own her story of overcoming burnout to empower a community of people through her second business, Mal Made Me Do It, uh, which consists of an online fitness program to make workouts accessible for anybody, uh, at-home workouts, all kinds of workouts, and, and build a whole community uh, for only $20 a month, um, as well as uh, a business-building component of helping entrepreneurs create a clear marketing strategy to implement without burning out. In addition to this, Mallory does one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, she's been a keynote speaker on numerous uh, platforms. Uh, she's a Lululemon ambassador. I mean, I could sit here all day and just list off her accomplishments, um, but she's really just out here hustling uh, without burnout, of course. If you're enjoying this kind of content, I'd ask you to please subscribe on any platform where you watch or listen to podcasts, leave a rating, comment, share with all your friends and family. Or if you really want to put your money where your mouth is for as little as a coffee a month, you could uh, contribute to my Patreon page. Uh, any little bit helps and uh, just remember it's not that deep and I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, Mallory, thank you for coming on the It's Not That Deep podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to have you here because you have a really unique story. And uh, just seeing you on social media, all the things you're up to, I mean, it's hard to even give you one label. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're into fitness, you've built brands, uh, you're a brand consultant. I mean, there's just so many different labels. But thank you for coming on today. I'm really excited to have you here. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so... Let's start at the very beginning. Like I want to mm -hmm. hear I want to hear the whole story because you have a really unique story and you talk about a lot of really important things that people really need to hear and people are really going to benefit from hearing this. So, let's talk about uh, where are you born and raised? Like let's talk like from the All very right, beginning. Like yeah, yeah. From the womb. <laughs> from, yeah, let's go from the very start. Like I want to know okay. everything. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. Um youngest of three girls, so definitely like I did everything that both of my sisters did combine, so I was very busy growing up, which I think helped definitely give me a good work ethic, and I was super driven, um, just because I feel like it's a last-born thing to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to elementary right through high school here in Ottawa, and then I stayed here 
for university because I knew I wanted to study journalism, right? which was kind of nice because why leave um, the city when the best journalism program is in Ottawa, right. Carleton? Carleton has like one of the best in, yeah. in Canada. Yeah, exactly. Which was nice too, because I was obviously like carrying myself through school. So it would be cool to go away, but not going away was definitely like really helpful early years yeah awesome that's that's really cool talk to us about your uni experience a little bit what was journalism like what drew you to that talk to us about it yeah so i was really interested in journalism i love like the behind the scenes of tv shows like Mm -hmm. i'd gone to a few different recordings and i always loved like the broadcast side of journalism Mm -hmm. and i really appreciated what the journalism program was because it was kind of like a college degree but you got a university degree at the end of the day which was cool it was very hands-on my journalism classes didn't have exams, right? We had real life assignments. We were writing for an actual paper. So it's actually practical. You're exactly. actually getting out there in the field. Exactly. So it'd be like write an article every week and then we would have TV class. We would have radio class. And I always knew I was into business and marketing. And so it was a really clear choice for me because I got to learn all these multimedia skills that yeah. um, you don't really get from other programs. And so it was really, really fun. Like the program was really interesting. I always... Um, I always worked like through university too. So that was definitely something that was true to my story. I had like an office job going into first year. Um, What was that like? It was good. Like, I think it's because I was used to being so busy. It was very natural for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just knew that, you know, everyone has a university degree now. So I knew that getting into a working setting early was going to be beneficial. How do I set myself apart? Exactly, right? And I think it was also just interest. I didn't really want to work at the mall or something. I wanted to work and explore my options and see what I wanted to do, right? So I got a marketing position, which was really cool to see like what I did and didn't like. And because of that first job, I picked up a minor in business, mm-hmm. um, which obviously has helped get me to where we are today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I worked all through university. I started to work in the startup scene, which was really cool. Um, definitely had some good takeaways and some bad takeaways from that, like any experience. And it I would say university definitely like put us where we are today. That's awesome. I mean, it's it's powerful to hear that because, I mean, school isn't for everyone. But yeah. like you said, a lot of people are going to school and a lot of people kind of haven't figured out what they want to do. and But they still go for the sake of going. But you kind of sound like you already had a little bit of a vision of what you liked. Mm-hmm. And then you built onto that with experiences, which is really cool. I like that. Yeah, thank so you. So you seem to have a pretty high level of self-awareness. And so what I kind of wanted to talk to you about first, like starting off was like you realized at one point, and and this is just me making assumption, correct me (laughs) if I'm wrong, that working for somebody particularly wasn't really for you. What was the transition between that and then starting your first business? Yeah, so I think um, the startup community was really my transition period. I honestly think it helps that my first few jobs were very like corporate America, you know, old white male dominate. My sister always says, um, it's like male pale and stale (laughs) is a lot of (laughs) corporate life. Yeah. So I worked at a lot of companies that were like that, a lot of cubicles, and it just didn't seem like how I wanted to live, especially being a student. And, you know, you would work full time during the summer and I would be in this air-conditioned cubicle, and I was like, oh, I just want to be outside. Like, this is stressing me out. I feel like time is passing by, and I'm not able to really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so I started to transition into the startup community. Um, I worked with a company that was an Invest Ottawa portfolio company. Cool. And it was really fun. I, like, took a chance on it. I actually turned down another summer at 
my like decent paying job to do an unpaid internship for this startup because it just felt right for me. Um, and it was really fun. It was like 20 dudes that were like 28. There was maybe one other girl. Like it was very classic startup environment, you right. know, Nerf guns, all that. <laughs> Um, but it was fun and it started to give me a taste of what can happen when you actually have the power to influence and the power to actually do things. Um, because in corporate, so many times you have these great ideas, but you're, you know, the youngest seat at the table Mm -hmm. or there's just so much behind the scenes politics that getting an idea approved can be really difficult. But in this startup zone, I was just able to run with everything, right? I was the voice of marketing. I was able to try things, really speak up. So I think that was a really cool experience Mm -hmm. that definitely opened my eyes to what I could do. And then it wasn't until um, we came up with our business idea that I really saw myself as a potential entrepreneur. I always thought I would be like a key player in one of those companies, Mm -hmm. but I honestly never thought that I was going to start my own thing. And take the plunge. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about that a little Mm -hmm. bit. Let's talk like from, from idea to actually making it happen because this is the stuff people want to hear this is what they want to know everyone has an idea or something but you acted on it and built a pretty successful brand let's talk about it yeah so i mentioned i picked up that minor in business and um it was super impactful because it was in an entrepreneurship class that i actually started the idea of our first business Mm -hmm. and carlton's really great for that they're really encouraging entrepreneurship which i love to see going forward Um, because like I said, I work for myself because that class existed, right? So my first entrepreneurship class, we did a group project, you know, I was kind of with the randoms because we were the non-commerce students. So we put together a group and we made this product and it was like a toothbrush that had like floss in it and just some gimmicky thing. And we had to do all this work and presentations around it. And it just felt kind of like a waste of my time, right? Because I knew it wasn't something I was passionate about. So the next year I had another course and they were really encouraging us to do businesses we wanted to pursue. Okay. Yeah. And I had recently started powerlifting and as a woman in the gym, like I'd been lifting in the gym for a while and it's just such a male dominant area. So it can be really intimidating for women. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. I always tell women like, yeah, they might be staring at you, but it's probably just literally because it's like, Ooh, a woman, you know? Yeah. But as women, we're just like, Oh my God, like, am I doing this exercise wrong? Like, is something weird? Like, are my pants oh, see-through? Yeah. You know, your mind just starts And then going. a million other things, yeah. too. Like, what does this guy want? Like, what Exactly. Is, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. what is this going to be? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it started, I wanted to do something for women in powerlifting, but I wasn't a personal trainer by any means. So I had that initial idea. And then I started talking to my partner, Josh, who actually was just my training partner at the time. And, you know, I was talking to him about this idea, and we were trying to find, like, holes to fill in the powerlifting community because it was a really changing community for what it looked like to be a powerlifter. It went from a lot of what everyone pictures of like bald, beard, tattooed, like big, be- bulky, big, strong yeah, men. Exactly. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To people like us, right? You know, Josh is like a 74 kilo Filipino powerlifter at the time, right? Um, I'm just like a classic blonde white girl. Like it's not what people expect. So we really wanted to service this new part of the community And we had a few different ideas. We wanted to do, you know, a subscription box with protein. And then we wanted to do a special shirt to help grip on um, the bar for squats. And we were just like, you know what? We're broke students. These ideas sound really intimidating. And like they take a lot of money to figure out. Super expensive. That's what I was going to say. Like like everyone has these ideas like, yeah, yeah, dude, let's do this, this and this. But we're broke students. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, which for some people works great, right? They lean into that, they get investments, but we were definitely a little intimidated by that side. And we said, you know, why don't we start with something like a lifestyle brand that we can actually relate to? And then, you know, all of these options are possible after once people get to know us. So that's really where it started. And we decided to be that lifestyle um, business for the powerlifting community. And on top of it, we wanted to bring um, kind of that tentry aspect that a lot of people are familiar with, mm-hmm. the socially conscious model to fitness, because we saw a lot of people wearing tentry um, in the gym, which it wasn't really designed for. And we found that a, a lot of athletes have those same values of they want to have an impact, but they're so busy, right? With training, like with powerlifting, we were in the gym three hours at a time. So we wanted to make it easy. Like if you're going to buy apparel anyways, why not have that apparel have the impact? So we partnered with Water Aid Canada, and then every item we sold, we provided one month of clean water to someone in a developing country. Oh, great. Yeah. How, how do you go about finding that uh, relationship, that partnership? Yeah, so we decided we for sure wanted to do water because as athletes, you know, water is part of everything we do. It's like during your workouts, it's your protein shakes, right? It's what really keeps you going, and it's so crazy that that's not something everyone has access to. Mm-hmm. So we started looking at water and we started researching different organizations, which can be really intimidating, right? Because at the end of the day, you're just trying to do something good. But with charities or not-for-profits, there can be a lot of like, you know, where's the money actually going? Mm -hmm. Um, So we had found a few that we liked and then we landed on this one and they just had like really powerful branding, which we appreciated from where we were coming from. Exactly. Um, And then they were from Ottawa, which was really cool. Yeah. So their Canadian chapter was based out of Ottawa and... We kind of took that as a sign and we reached out to them and we just kind of said, you know, we're two students. We want to make a difference. And so we met with their VP of marketing. And I remember in the marketing meeting, like we were so intimidated because she was like, you know, so many people come in and they think they can just like make a small donation and that makes their company like different. And we were like, oh, shit, like (laughs) we're about to get rejected for like trying to give them a donation. Right. And she was like, you know, I can tell you guys are just really genuine people and passionate about this. And we would love to partner with you, which was really cool because at the time, like she pulled up our website, it was just a landing page collecting emails. So they definitely took a chance on us, right? Because at the end of the day, they're a large organization with a brand. Mm -hmm. So even though you're just trying to donate some money, it does have impact. So, yeah, it was really cool. Like we just reached out and just being authentic and saying this is what we want to do was really powerful for us. That is super powerful because, I mean, we kind of take it for granted that mm-hmm. water just comes out of a tap and we could take our showers and totally. flush the toilet and do whatever we want. But then there's yeah. places around the world where you got to walk so far to even get a chance at getting clean water. It's kind of removed from us. Yeah, 100%. Especially as Canadians where we have, like, most of the fresh water in the world. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, I... I don't even think about it a lot. I'm just right. I'm completely in the camp where it's like, ah, whatever. But it humbles you a lot. And totally. I like that. I like that initiative a lot. So then talk to us about the brand that you actually built a little bit. What does it stand for? And then how, how do you go from there? Now, now that you've got, you know, some roots and a little bit of mm-hmm. momentum going, what's the next step? Yeah, so um, it's called LVD Fitness and it stands for Lift, Visualize, Dominate. And we started with 100 t-shirts and before we made a full website or anything, we just said, you know, we should be able to sell these 100 t-shirts to our local powerlifting community. And if we can't, we need to go back to the drawing board, right? So it was a good way to validate it. Um, And before that, we put about three months into the brand image itself. So we actually worked with designers and it was something that we invested in right from the start because we knew we didn't want to be another fitness company with a barbell logo. And we knew that 
for a lifestyle brand, the logo would be so much of it, right? Right. So we really invested in that. And then we did those 100 t-shirts and they sold really quickly. And then we had a wait list. So we decided, okay, this is a good idea. We made our Shopify website. Um, we were going to pay designers to do our website. And then the night before, we were just playing in Shopify, you know, with the free templates. Yeah. Totally built stuff on our own. It's pretty so, easy. Yeah, this you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't realize is you can yeah. watch a YouTube video on how to make a Shopify website yeah. and just do it. Yeah, yeah. and like <laughs> it's... Yeah, it's surprisingly user-friendly and just intuitive. So I always recommend to people to try doing it on their own or with a friend that's maybe a bit more tech-savvy than them um, because that was our website for probably two years, right, with some tweaks here and there. Um, yeah, we built our website and the power of social media, right? Even back then, like, we had global sales our first day of our website just because we had Instagram friends that were around the world. So yeah. that was really cool, like, powerlifters supporting us in different areas and I think for us, it was a really big timing play. So it was all about timing and authenticity. People could tell we were actually part of the community and we mm -hmm. were just like them. Yeah. And I think that was really powerful. You weren't just trying to ride a powerlifting exactly. wave. You're like, no, I'm out here. I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this three hours a day. Like, we really do this. Yeah. And especially for women in powerlifting, it was a time where that was really growing. You know, the early days before me, there would be like maybe one or two at a competition. And my first meet, there was about 20 of us and we were all in university, all doing our first meet. So it was definitely a time where women in powerlifting was growing too and I think people really liked that it was not only myself but we were showcasing a lot of women with our photo shoots we always used actual customers mm -hmm. right so people like that I saw that on your website yeah it's really cool that the actual testimonials and then you see the people wearing the hats totally like yeah. okay these are powerlifters yeah <laughs> and again it's like People always um, think that it's like such a big endeavor to start a business, but you can hack it in so many ways that can end up being great. Like people loved that we used real people as models and uh, it was just because like we weren't going to pay anyone. Models, to yeah. Model. yeah like, I get it completely. Yeah, yeah. We just posted on Instagram like, hey, anyone want to be in this shoot? So it ended up being a lot of our customers, which obviously we loved. Like we love showcasing um, different bodies of all types. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah, it really just came from. Like, of course, we're not going to pay real models. That mm -hmm. would be crazy right now. Yeah. I like the, the like, my biggest takeaway from this is like the community mm -hmm. that you're building and investing in. And they're then investing in you and they're happy to. Because like you, yeah. you, like I said before, you really are doing this. And then, hey, want to buy the t-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> or like want to buy this hat? So where does it go from there? Like you got a few t-shirts now. You got the logo. You got everything. What's the next step? How do we take it to the next level? What's... Yeah, I, for us, one of the big things we did was event sponsorships. So okay. actually showing up in person was a really big play for us. We spent almost every weekend at events, um, actually getting to know people. I think that really helped because when you're really transparent about your business, um, especially small businesses starting out, people actually want you to win. Mm -hmm. So whether they knew us personally or they'd met us once, they became really invested in what we were doing because it was good for the community, um, the larger community, the powerlifting community, and to see people like them actually doing something, right? As you said, a lot of people want to start a business. So it's cool when you actually see people, yeah. you get to meet them, and then you feel like you know them, right? So you want them to succeed because it means that you could succeed too. So I think that was really big for us. Um, and then from there, it was just honestly very small changes and testing things, right? We would release a t-shirt and then we would release four items at once. And then we started doing like full collections and then we would theme the collections and then we would do better marketing campaigns around those collections. So really just learning off each experience and then um, getting major athletes on board because we had really supportive um, athletes 
early on. We okay. had like the best um, male powerlifter in the world and the best female powerlifter in the world sign as athletes like within our first year which was really crazy and like in another industry you could not do mm-hmm. um because they were willing to just come on board and help spread the message and you know we didn't have um like a budget to take on athletes at that point that was going to be my next question yeah. because so are, are you just sending out a dm or an email to these people do you already know them how do you get these people to get on board yeah so it's a a mix of both when you're in the community it's a lot easier right to get connected and people just liked seeing that we were doing something for the community so a lot of them actually were seeking us out um i love that yeah that's cool for um ray williams he's the male power lifter that we had and he squats like over a thousand pounds he's yeah he's a whole (laughs) other level um yeah he followed us on instagram and it was just this moment of like holy shit, Ray just followed us. So we sent him a DM. We got on Skype and then um, he was just really down because he really liked the social aspect that we had. I like that. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, it was super cool. And then for the female, we, uh, her name's Jen Thompson. She benches like a hundred and or sorry, 320 pounds. Jeez. Yeah, at like 130 pounds. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. She's, she's insane. Um, same kind of thing. We met her at an event, you know, getting out in that community. We were just helping out at this event. So they asked us to drive around her and another athlete, Kim Walford, who is another incredible athlete. And we just got to know them on a personal level. And we left that w- weekend thinking, you know, wouldn't it be crazy if one day Jen mm-hmm. Thompson was our athlete? And I kid you not, like five days later, she messaged me on Facebook and was like, I would love to help you guys grow this. She's like, I'm in a very comfortable position in my life, right? Like, I'm not looking for big paid sponsorships, but I want to see you guys win and I want to get you out of your corporate jobs. And I think we can do this. So it was really cool to have those people like just dig in with us early Almost on. Almost co-sign you. Exactly. That's, I love that. This yeah. Is an incredible story. You mentioned you still had your corporate jobs at that time. Mm-hmm. How did you balance all this, <laughs> trying to be all in on a yeah. business? This is, you know, your passion at the time. This is what you want to be doing. Yeah. But you're still in school. Yeah. You're still trying to get your powerlifting in. Yeah, competing at nationals and all that. <laughs> you're, you've still got to eat, have yeah. a semblance <laughs> of a social life. Yeah. And all that while still keeping a job. How yeah. did you do it? Um, yeah, I look back on it and I honestly think it's just like young, (laughs) young and dumb. You can just power through anything at a certain age. So I, I always encourage people when they're young to just go for it Mm -hmm. because literally we're like, I don't know how we did that. You're never going to have that much energy again in your life. Exactly. (laughs) So do it then. But yeah, I think everything kind of came into play. Like definitely the social life took the first hit, but that was the cool thing because what we were building was so community oriented. It was just that our social life changed, right? We would go to Toronto on the weekend for our powerlifting meet and we might not be going out with our friends in Ottawa but we've now met all these new friends and then we go to dinner with them so it just really evolved from there and I think having the corporate jobs was also a really great push where it was a constant reminder of where you don't want to be so it really just fueled you to go home and I like that that's really powerful actually Mm -hmm. like because a lot of people in that position might just take that negativity that that dread that i gotta go into the office yeah. so i just i hate my life i hate this i but you kind of flip that around and mm-hmm. like nah i'm here and this is gonna fuel me to get out of here totally i yeah. love that that's great yeah and i think a lot of people too 
um, they get in this mindset of, you know, just quit your job and go for it. I've given a lot of people advice to stay at their job like another four months or eight months or whatever their situation is because I also think you can use it to your advantage, right? Mm -hmm. When you know that you have something else, it makes it more bearable even if you're not enjoying it. And you have to think of what it allows you to do. So I was lucky that, you know, my work was paying for my phone. So that was Mm -hmm. one expense I didn't have to pay. It allowed me to travel a lot. So I would definitely take advantage of that. And I remember many times going to places where I would take like a $40 Uber or whatever to go to a powerlifting gym that was near where I was in the States. And I really just every trip I had, I was like, how can I make this work for LVD? We had trips where you know, my flight was covered in the hotel. So we would buy Josh a flight ticket and we would go and we would rent a car and we would go to all the gyms in that area. Mm -hmm. So I always think there's ways that you can make your day job work for you. That's true. Even if it's more than, you know, you're just doing it to pay the bills. There's actually a lot more opportunities usually. That's really powerful. I'm I'm kind of in that position personally Mm -hmm. where like, you know, I've got the nine to five. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I can be quite negative about it Mm -hmm. and just how I go about my day to day. But then I do have to sometimes take a step back and think, well, wait, this is allowing me to do all this. Totally. And do all these other things and nothing's permanent. So, you know, it's it could be a lot worse. Yeah. And I think it's it's almost silly sometimes when we think we're not in control, right? Like, oh, I have to go to work. Mm. It's like, well, you're still choosing to go to work and you have a job, right? There's a lot of people right now that would probably love the job that you have, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just Mm -hmm. such a weird like I it's not selfish, but it's like you're very you're thinking about your situation right now and projecting it way longer into the future than it might actually be so you're like i'm here now i'm gonna continue to be here but that's not necessarily true as you know because things evolved pretty quickly with your business right talk to me about how you went from starting to get some of the athletes starting to generate a bit of a buzz it's starting to now pick up steam really to becoming a six-figure brand yeah so I mean, it's hard. Like, I think everyone wants us to pinpoint it to a moment, but it was, it's so gradual, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just figuring things out along the way. And, you know, you do one thing and test in. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. And then you ask yourself how you could do that better. And I think it was just a lot of iterations of that. And for us, you know, the power of social, right? We were so connected to our audience and our community that we could even be debating two designs we want to release or, you know, five colors of water bottles and we can Vote throw them up. Yeah. 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 I love that. Exactly. And you can do a post and say, what do you guys want to see next? And people will tell you. Right. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing with that is don't ask and then don't do it. Right. So we would ask and then we would come through. And I think it made people feel really heard. Right. Um, you know, we made shirts that looked cool under your singlets because there were certain requirements for those shirts to get approved. So, you know, we went out and we got our shirts approved and we made cool designs. And then we made every color on the planet for people that they wanted because, you know, some people really want to compete in all orange (laughs) and they couldn't do that. So it was the small things, right? Um, And listening to that community on a wider scale. So, yeah, I think one of the moments that really stands out for us is one night we were actually driving to an event that was think seven hours away it was like Saguenay Quebec which is like super far it's past Quebec City and it was the middle of winter we were driving and I was on my phone and we just started getting these Shopify orders I was like Josh I think like we're getting like spammed or something because it was all Japanese names okay and I was like I don't know what's happening (laughs) but they're all ordering like 250 to 300 dollars worth of stuff and it was like a Monday night 
And I was like, what is happening? And I messaged one of our friends who also had a business in powerlifting. And I knew they had like an Asia side to their business. And so I asked him, I'm like, have you guys had anything like this happen? Like, I don't know if we should send the orders. Like, it just seemed really weird, right? Like, they just kept coming through. And they were like, no, like, in a lot of the Asian cultures, they just go hard. So it means, like, they've come across your business. And, like, a friend told a friend. And that's honestly what it was. It was, like, somebody just picked it up. And they were just going for it. Like, all in one night, all of a sudden, we were, like, literally big in Japan. I love that. Yeah. That's so random. Yeah, so random. <laughs> you never figured out exactly what it was? Was so, there, like, a yeah, event well, or something? Well, it turns out they actually are, like, what we decided was they're really big fans of Ray Williams, one of the athletes that we oh. had on board, which is hilarious. He's like a giant, giant black man. Mm -hmm. And so for the Japanese lifters, he's like the total opposite. <laughs> and they just loved it. And we had actually done like um, a specific collaboration shirt with him. Okay. And it was around that time. And it just really picked up. And it's crazy yeah, that something like that can work. Like that totally. experimentation, like you said yeah. before, testing new things. Like you probably wouldn't have really done that. No. But you're like, you know what, let's do this little specific collab. And exactly. that's what, wow, that's cool. Yeah, and then for, you know, a year later or so, one of our Ray Williams collabs was actually a Japanese shirt. So, you know, you learn from each thing on how to cater the market. And we were really lucky. Uh, the World Championships last year was in Calgary. So we went and we actually got to meet some of our Japanese fans, which was yes. really, really cool experience. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Coming full circle like Exactly, that. right? That's awesome. Yeah. So that's really cool. I, I really like what you guys were able to do with this business. And, it, you know, it's so much more than that. Like you talk about it being a lifestyle brand and mm -hmm. empowering not only women, but people in powerlifting, like the new generation. Let's take it back a little bit and talk to me. Why did you get into powerlifting? What was it about powerlifting that, you know, like, like you say, a, a white blonde girl, yeah. <laughs> small white blonde girl gets yeah. into powerlifting? What was it? What was it? Yeah, so I grew up in competitive dance, right? So I mentioned like doing everything my sisters did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had one sister that did certain styles and the other sister did others. So I did all of them, right? And I was always in dance. And when I got older, I actually moved into pole fitness because it was, you know, similar to dance, but it was a different challenge. Right. So when I was doing pole fitness, I started going to the gym and part of that was knowing that because I danced so intensely for so long that I would just literally get fat if mm. I stopped all that movement right okay. like it's a lot of exercise you're doing yeah, yeah, so yeah. to go to university and just stop seemed like a really bad idea um so I started doing pole fitness and then I was going to the gym to support it because it's a lot of strength stuff mm. um and then in the gym like I just kept getting asked if I was a power lifter and so it used to actually be a bit of a trigger word for me like I really hated it because I had that same um, idea that a lot of other people have right these big bulky people I right. thought it meant like they were judging, you know, my body because I had bigger legs from dance. Like, okay, okay. I always thought it was a comment on that, but oh, it would actually yeah, yeah. be because I was squatting like 250 pounds or something at the time, right? Um, so, yeah, I would squat pretty heavy. I would deadlift pretty heavy um, just because my legs were strong from dance. And then, you know, enough people kept asking me that finally um, it was actually my partner, Josh, who was trying to get me to join the powerlifting team at Carlton. And it was, you know, a little biased on his part because they wanted more women on the team. Um, and they said I could use the varsity gym. So I was like, okay, that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> I guess go. I'll powerlift. Win-win. Yeah. So I started benching because I was not bench pressing at the time. And I remember going to the tryout and being so nervous and so intimidated. There was, you know, one other woman. Everyone else was dudes. And 
the woman was already familiar with the team because she'd been training with them. So, you know, it was like immediately like the same way we do with like Nikki and Cardi, you know, it was like, oh, there's two of us. I guess like it's going to be me or her instead Mm. of both of us. Right. So I was really intimidated. I remember like my bench sucked. Like I was failing the bench and they were like, oh, it's the bar. Like because my squat and my my deadlift were so strong. They were like, oh, it must not be that she just doesn't train chest. But that's what it was. But yeah, so I, I joined the team and then they said, you know, like, psych, you actually have to do a meet when you join the team. Mm-hmm. So I did at Seneca College. They do a college and university meet, which was really cool because everybody, as I mentioned, was in the same boat. Like none of the women had competed before. It was kind of a shit show from all angles. Um, but at least you weren't alone in your own shit show, right? Um Yeah, and I did my first meet and I just really loved it. And I loved the idea of focusing on like what your body can do in the gym. And I found when you shifted from thinking about, you know, the scale or like how you look in the mirror, which a lot of that's a lot of the reasons we go to the gym, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You start focusing on what your body can do and then you start seeing these great results in those areas when you're not even focusing on them, which I think is really cool. We have this idea that we're going to look like men if we start training weights. And I think like... Big misconception. Huge, like... And to this day, like I would think like in 2019, it it would kind of been faded away by now that like, oh, if you lift weights, you're going to get bulky and, and all vascular and like gross looking yeah like no that's like so false yeah so it's good like people are coming along but yeah for me it was just like it it felt really great um it was something I could really measure you know you you go do say like a class or you run on the treadmill it's really hard to see those results but when you're tracking something like your dumbbell shoulder press week to week and it's going up five pounds every week like that's really exciting right Mm -hmm. so I found it was really easy to stay on track I liked having those goals Um, and it was just a really cool way to kind of test my limits. How many times a week were you like practicing or training and was it like in groups? Were you doing it with people or was it like off on your own? Yeah. So it was a bit of both. Like, um, you know, at good life, I had certain power lifters I would train with. Sometimes I would train at the Carlton gym with the team. And then sometimes, you know, you'd do a morning session before work all by yourself and you'd ask the stranger for the lift off at the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a little bit of everything. So I think... I was usually training when I was peaking around like four to five times a week. Um, The fifth or sixth would often be like cardio though, just going in for that. Um, But yeah, usually four times of the longer sessions, which would be anywhere from like two to three hours, which is intense either way. But it's important to keep in mind you're not lifting that whole time, right? Part of the reason it takes so long is because when you're You're so close to your maximum, yeah, you're, you're resting a lot. Yeah. But the weight is also a lot more and you're doing a lot lower reps and and stuff like that. People would, you know, understandably though, be quite intimidated by that. If they walked into the gym right now and they saw you putting up, loading up this bar, it, it almost like might defeat some people they'll think they might think i'll never be able to do that so what would your advice be to somebody who wants to get started in something like this and want to get into it but like how do you start well i would say there's two parts to that like one is just start Mm. right you have to have that it's like any success you see right like Jeff Bezos with Amazon. He didn't just start with Amazon, right? Like there was a first step there. And I think you just have to realize that everyone started somewhere and that everyone starts at different places, right? There's athletes and powerlifting that are killing it and they were former football players and they really have a leg up, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were 
one, football players, they went through a lot, but two, like with football, you're training in the gym, right? You're doing, you know, the deadlift or the bench, um, whereas other sports, you're not necessarily doing that. Yeah. And I think the other thing is to talk to people like that. Like if you see someone that's pushing weight that really intimidates you in the gym, like don't be afraid to go talk to them because it's like I would say nine times out of 10, that person is not going to be annoyed if you're saying, hey, I'd like to do what you're doing one day. How do I get there? I think everyone's comfortable with someone approaching them with that question. That's very true. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think people are a lot more open than... You know, it, it's a scary thing, though, I, and I don't know why it is. The, yeah. the gym is just an intimidating place for people. And you see some things, like, I I would guess changing it a little bit. You, you see Movadi, there's a women's only section. So mm-hmm. let's say you're starting off um, and you're a little bit intimidated of just going into the co-ed area, these big bulky dudes yeah. grunting and whatnot. You can start there and then, you know do other things as well and like there's all kinds of classes and there's so many ways to get fit these days so i think that's i yeah. think that's cool it, it's changing yeah and i think it's like anything everyone's had one bad experience and we just usually really let that scar us right like i've i have like a membership program and you know i've had members tell me like some pretty horrible things where someone was just really rude to them at the gym and i think because it's the space where we're already insecure the second something like that happens it just really causes you to, you know, retract. It can not, put you in a dark place. Exactly. Yeah. But I love seeing people, you know, cross those lines. Like I've had guys at Good Life ask me for tips on their bench, mm. you know. And I think that's like a really cool thing for them to be able to do. Because I understand that still in 2019, like most people aren't going to ask the woman in the gym for advice on bench. Mm-hmm. But those are the smart guys because I can give them really great <laughs> advice compared to the random bro beside me, yeah. right? So the random bro who has no idea exactly. what he's doing. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's great. Let's talk about um, Mal made me do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so as I mentioned, I started um, a group fitness program online. Um, and it was actually after I stopped competing in powerlifting. So um, after I stopped competing, which we can talk about after sure. too, yeah. um, I was, you know, just having some fun in the gym. And then it got to that point where you're like, okay, well, it was fun not following a program, but now I'm just a little like missing those goals. I'm missing, you know, watching that success each week. So I decided to put together a group and I did a free six week program. And it was honestly mostly to keep myself accountable to other people. And I wanted to just open it up to anyone who wanted to be accountable at the gym. And so, you know, we wrote a six week program and put a Facebook group together and it was a really, really cool like community experience. A lot of what we talked about, right? Like women and men who are uncomfortable, uncomfortable in the gym for different reasons. And they were able to, you know, start to get comfortable, whether it was because they didn't know what kind of programming to do. They didn't know what exercises should look like. So we included video demos. Um, we coached them a bit on different aspects like nutrition and sleep and how to make sure you're taking a holistic approach. Um, and then I decided to turn it into a real thing. And I'm really passionate about making fitness um, accessible to everyone, whether that's making them feel comfortable or being able to afford it. So I put it together. It's $20 a month. Um, I always say it's like if you cut back on Starbucks a little bit, (laughs) that's all that it takes. And um, they can either do gym workouts or at-home workouts because I know for a lot of people, even just going to the gym is intimidating. So if we can get them started at home, at least they're moving. Even if they just stay with the at-home workouts, they're still moving three to four times a week. And you could do a lot at home. Totally. You could do a ridiculous amount of working out like with a chair and a couple dumbbells and a a band. Yeah. And that was one of the cool things we did because 
a lot of people with at-home programs get intimidated the second it says to go buy dumbbells, right? So we actually have like a no equipment program. Great, and even we better. Use, yeah, we use things like um, a towel that you can mimic like lap pull downs. We use steps. We use a stair. We use like grab anything that's around like one liter jug. Yeah. So we really try to make it accessible for, you know, the ones who are doing it while their toddler's snapping or, you know, a student that doesn't have much space in their apartment or right. can't even afford maybe a couple of dumbbells. Yeah. Because yeah. to that point, you could do thousands of body weight exercises alone. Totally. Like your own body is equipment. Exactly. Right yeah. <laughs> that, that's powerful. I like that a lot. Yeah. And so this initial Facebook group, you put it mm -hmm. together. You don't really know what's going to come about it, but you, yeah. you're also doing it for yourself for the accountability component, yeah. which a lot of people don't realize is like 95% of the equation. Exactly. Like if you're not accountable towards yourself, if you're not at some level tracking your progress or mm -hmm. having some kind of structure to a program, no one it doesn't matter what kind of like motivational videos exactly. or whatever you <laughs> no watch YouTube video there. can save you yeah no you're you're just you're you're lost you yeah. don't have you're swimming in the ocean with no direction to swim in so totally. i really like this this is really cool mm -hmm. and for only 20 bucks like yeah fire me up like i might have to sign up <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. this is hype uh so then you know you start this facebook group how many yeah. people join what's the initial reception and like how are you now dealing with these incoming people is it personalized? How are you dealing with it? Yeah, so the initial group, I think, in the Facebook group, um, we have around like 300 members. I had a lot of people that don't use Facebook. So um, we had over 500. It was like 500 to 700 people for that first challenge. Um, obviously, I can't say how many stuck with it because I'm not in there gym with them um but that was really cool to see it definitely validated that there was a need for it right and it comes back to that first hundred t-shirts idea like just testing something and validating it i was just emailing out google spreadsheets um very like low cost like basically no cost um using the facebook group and it was really cool as you said the accountability piece was huge people liked like feeling like the group was a key keeping them accountable people would post their wins but they would also post things like you know, uh, my son has a hockey tournament this weekend and I haven't gotten the workout in yet, but like I'm posting this to make sure that I do. That's so, great. Yeah, it was cool. It was like I didn't have to, you know, be the person calling people out. And it shows how like you said we do need that accountability. And I think we're so ready to give it to ourselves, but we hold back. So, you know, they're volunteering that information in the group. So yeah, I took it from there. I turned it into like an actual platform with lots of videos to coach people through and so that they would actually understand what each phase of the program was designed to do, why they were doing certain elements of it. Um, and it's really cool now we've divided it. Like I said, we have the at home and the gym, but the gym we've even divided into two streams and one is strength and one we call power building, which is just, you know, working out, you'll probably lean out a little, get a little stronger, that nice balance that a lot of people want. And then the other stream is for those strength-inspired ones. Some people are really enjoying like the squats or the bench in the power building and they want to do more of a strength focus on that. So it's an option for people that want to get into powerlifting too. That's really cool because yeah. you're not really a personal trainer. No. But it, this is almost even smarter and this is why I kind of admire you because like this is so much more scalable yeah and <laughs> you could you could you could definitely go become a pt and and start changing people's lives individually but yeah. there's the time constraint uh, exactly. you're only going to be able to deal with one person or a few people at a time with this yeah. like you can in theory have unlimited clients yeah and what i really like to emphasize too is 
um, for people to integrate fitness in a healthy way, right? Because I think a lot of us, they'll pick up, people will pick up bodybuilding or powerlifting and they get really intense with it, right? And then we start to identify with it. And then what happens when you have that injury and you're no longer a powerlifter, right? That was something I really struggled with owning a mm. business and powerlifting. It was really hard for me to admit for a long time that I wasn't competing. I just told people I was oh, competing yeah. later in the year, you know? 100%. Um, so helping people get out of that mindset. And we've created the workouts in a way that, you know, for the gym ones, they're four to five days a week. But we actually built them in a priority system that if you can only do two days a week, just keep doing one and two and you'll still see progress, right? So we made it that the workouts throughout the week can kind of drop off. And we did the same thing with each workout. Like, each workout starts with the most important pieces. So if you get that work call halfway through your workout and you have to leave, you know you've done like the best part that you could do for yourself. That's really good. Yeah, so that's what... Because life happens. Exactly. Yeah. And I want people to understand that. Um, one of my friends, he's a nutrition coach, and he posted a really great quote. And it was like, you know, um, throwing your whole diet out the window because you ate one donut is like cutting off your arm because you got a splinter, right? Like everybody does it. We just feel so bad when we miss two workouts that we stop working out. It's like, you know, you don't have to do that. You can, you know, remain consistent or pick something that works for you. You know, if you're not going to the gym and you go to the gym once a week next year, that's 52 times that you didn't go this year that you've now added. Like that's a huge increase. Yeah. But we think we need to like start going six days a week, yeah. right? Yeah. It, it comes back to how people are thinking so short term and, exactly. and, and today means forever. Yeah. And you know, if I have a bad, if I had a cheat meal on, on Saturday, I'll start Monday again. Yeah, exactly. So I, mm, you had a cheap meal. Don't make it a yeah, cheap exactly. weekend. Yeah, you know exactly. And then people saying? eat yeah. everything on Sunday exactly. because it becomes a free second cheat day. Right? It's it's that it's that negative feedback loop almost that like yeah. you feel like I don't know like the psychology behind it, but yeah. it's like you just you feel like you you lost, you're yeah. defeated on this. You've let yourself journey. down, yeah. But it's not linear. It's yeah. so up and down, and things exactly. are gonna happen. But as long as it's trending towards a good direction. Um, we're all winning. Exactly. How do the people prove to you that they're being accountable? Are they sending selfies? Are they filling out something workout complete? I may have missed it when you were talking about yeah. it, but how do they? Yeah. So, um, like I said, because I'm trying to focus on the sustainability for like themselves, um, they actually don't have to do anything. And that's part of it is like, it's on so you. So Mal doesn't make me do it. No, exactly. <laughs> it's like a plot twist. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So I want people to get to that place where they're accountable to themselves and they're forgiving, you know, not even using words like cheat day, right? Great. It's just having the meal Yeah. because it's your meal that night, it's right? It's not that deep. It's not that deep, <laughs> exactly. We have a very obvious collaboration. I right like here. this, I like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like... Um, what I do is I provide them with tools to keep themselves accountable, right? So we put the workout in a format where, you know, I give them a spreadsheet and I say, okay, you're going to do this many reps and this many sets. And then there's a place for them to actually track their weight that they're lifting. And there's notes that say like, this should feel like a seven out of 10. And the next week it's okay. like, this should feel like an eight out of 10. So even just having that spreadsheet to track their um, weights that they're lifting has been really huge. I had one woman that got into it because her daughter was doing the program and she started doing the program and she wrote this beautiful note in the Facebook group even about how it was the first time in her life she stopped focusing about the scale and she was just really loving writing down those weights each week and mm. she was so excited to see her strength go up that much. Oh, and that she feels so good. Yeah, and she was like, I totally would have quit earlier on if I wasn't tracking that because you don't feel the progress right away with your body, right? Mm -hmm. So... 
I do stuff like that. And I have, um, I call it a wellness tracker that I provide them. And it's basically just a document. And I said, you know, you don't have to track any of these things, but if you want to, here are some tools to do it. So I show them how to do good progress photos, right? Like things like taking it the same day of the week, wearing the same outfit, those small details that can help people. Um, Then I give them like a food diary, which I say like, this is not to overanalyze, right? It's if it's important to you to keep yourself on track, feeling healthy. Or if some people are trying to identify foods that maybe don't make them feel good, mm-hmm. they can track things like what foods they're eating at the same time of like the quality of their sleep, their happiness, mm. their stress. So I give them trackers like that too, right? Like how happy are you feeling? What's making you happy? So how it really stressed? is the holistic approach. Exactly. It's not just like, all right, guys, here's how to lose 20 pounds yeah. in three weeks. Fit in that wedding dress. <laughs> exactly. No, this is a lot more like how are you how is this making you feel yeah being kind of more in tune and mindful yeah I, and like I, that. I think whatever gets you into it right you mentioned the wedding thing I had a lot of people this summer that were doing it for their wedding and then they kept up with it because they just felt good mm-hmm. right so it doesn't matter if that's the reason you're getting into it as long as we take that and develop that natural like healthy relationship right you don't want I'm not giving people these like six trackers and being like hey I need you to track all these things because <laughs> yeah. that's not a healthy relationship and yeah. it's not sustainable it can right? get overwhelming too exactly. especially in a world where we can measure almost everything and, and yeah. anything to like down to like the circumference of your arm <laughs> yeah. and, and like you know how is how your waist to your sleep. today <laughs> yeah like, like you are not getting enough rest today yeah like, it can almost be too much it's kind of sometimes better to just hey here's the intensity of the exercise exactly it's an eight this week all right yeah and, and showing people you know it's not always linear like we talked about like i'll have workouts where i'm going up every week and then one week i'm like you know what these weights are gonna be way lower this week because i have yeah. xyz happening and yeah. you have to acknowledge that right oh we all have those days too where like i mean there's been days even in the last couple of weeks where you know, i was a little under the weather and sick mm-hmm. and not feeling well at all but forced myself to go to the gym and i'm like look today's not about lifting an amazing amount of weight and getting a great pump and feeling fantastic i'm literally just here to move yeah sweat out the cold or whatever it might be exactly and like the workout sucked yeah i've hated it i hated every minute of it and you know when like even bad other bad things i forgot my headphones yeah i'm just there just like this just sucks (laughs) but you get through it and you feel better after and you're it was it the best workout no but it was still a workout I still did something and yeah. that's not to say you have to go to the gym i could have stayed here and just done some push-ups totally. or something like i love this this is great yeah uh, this is fantastic you're really in tune and really self-aware about how things make you feel and stuff let's now talk about when things got a little bit out of control for you there's a period in your life and and i love that you shared this story i actually mm-hmm. i think i commented on it on your instagram and you were sharing in candid detail um experiencing burnout and how yeah. building this business and you know subscribing to the hustle mantra took over your life and let's talk about it like th- this is this is a great topic yeah yeah so i mentioned you know, briefly how I stopped competing in powerlifting and how that was a really hard time for me. So, um, you know, Josh and I had been traveling a lot. We were at um, Eastern Regional Championships. We had a great time. And then we were training. We stayed a little bit longer because my mom's family is from Nova Scotia. So we went to visit family. We were like, okay, we have to get our workouts in though, right? So we went to Acadia. We were training at that gym. And 
I just felt horrible. And like my body does not do well with travel. Like it feels mm. fine until you then go try and power lift. <laughs> um, so it, it was something that was really hard for me too, because I didn't know. I don't get off planes and feel sore, but it wasn't until I tried to do workouts after where I'm like, oh, this actually isn't great. So, you know, we were in the gym and I was not having a great workout. And this was after, you know, the brand had grown a lot and our personal um, following and audience had grown a lot because of it. And so there was a lot of pressure around it, right? I had grown because I was a female powerlifter and I was strong and people really loved that about me. And then I was getting to this point where it was like my body was really fighting it and I was warming up for my squats and like I just broke down. Like I started crying in like the Acadia dungeon, which is like the hardcore. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like the hardcore like varsity gym. Like it's just such like a dirty, grungy thing and, you know, 10 minutes later, the football team came in, but I was just like, started bawling. And I told Josh, I was like, I don't even want to do provincials because that's what was coming up and I was prepping for. And I was like, I just feel like I have to do it. And it was a really tough point because I was like, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the Instagram post, right? Mm. Um, I'm doing it because I know that like me doing this is inspiring other people to do it. So there's a lot of weight on my responsibility shoulders. Now. Exactly. You know, yeah. people want to see they're excited. They've watched my prep for the meet and they're excited for, you know, my goals, which is a really cool feeling. And that's why it kind of sneaks up on you that there's that huge pressure attached to it. And, you know, I was even to the point I was debating, I kind of sit between two weight classes. And it was honestly at the point where I was like, well, if I don't cut weight for this meet, then I'm in this weight class. And there's only four lifters in that weight class. So even if I come last, I'm fourth, right? Mm. And it was all this silly little details that Mm. shouldn't matter, right? But it was, I was trying to find that way to relieve the stress of like, well, I can at least tell everyone I came fourth, even Mm. if I come dead last. Because the other class had like 20 something people, right? So there's a lot of pressure and like, I had performed well before. So, um, yeah, I went home and I, you know, went to the doctors about something else. And she was listening to me breathing and she was like, um, you definitely have pneumonia. And I was just like, what? <laughs> Where did that come yeah, from? Yeah. And she was like, oh, like, how long have you had this cough? Like, your lungs are like so bad. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like I've had this cough for like two years. And I was like, yeah, we did a chest x-ray like a while back for it. So she pulls up the files and she was like, no, I don't think so. Like the only chest x-ray was like four years ago. And I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. And she was just like, what? Like you've had this cough for like four years. I'm like, yeah, but I grew up with asthma as a kid, like always exercise induced or cold induced. So, you know, it wasn't weird for me to have trouble with my lungs, especially with winter months. And so, yeah, we got an x-ray and it was a really big turning point because having hearing someone tell me I had pneumonia was like the biggest relief, which it really shouldn't be. Mm. But I was relieved because now I didn't have to do provincials. And oh, now, wow. yeah, now I had a real reason mm. instead of just saying that I didn't want to do it. Okay. I was able to tell everyone like, oh, I have pneumonia. I'm not competing. Right. Mm. And it was a really comfortable story. But meanwhile, like I'm coughing up my lungs like that shouldn't feel good. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a really big, like, turning point emotionally, and it was something that I, you know, definitely dealt with on the low-key, right? Because on the outside, it was just like, oh, yeah, not doing it because I have pneumonia, like, Mm -hmm. didn't have time to get a medical buy so that I could still go to nationals. So I decided I wasn't doing nationals, and, you know, I kept getting tests done, and because I had... um, a history of asthma, it was really hard to shake the pneumonia. Mm -hmm. And then finally we did a chest x-ray, I think in January and she's like, okay, the pneumonia is gone, but my lungs were still really gross. And I was like, okay, 
sure maybe my x-ray says it's gone but like my lungs are bad and that's when I started like really experiencing the other symptoms of burnout at the same time like I was just so exhausted I didn't have a personality anymore like I felt irritated by everything you know if somebody did something that I wouldn't have done I was like wow what a stupid decision you yeah. know when you're just like so yeah, like yeah. why on would you edge. do that yeah, 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 yeah. I, get I was it. so on edge mm-hmm. um and it just felt like that's who I had become which is like a really uncomfortable feeling you know I'm normally such a positive person and it just felt like everything was shifting and as you mentioned like the post I did I shared like I started getting rashes on my face that I couldn't explain that would kind of come out of nowhere and they were like huge and so bothered then I started having hair loss like simple machines at the gym were leaving like really big marks on my skin wow um yeah it was a lot and it was really hard to get answers right because went to the doctor and like my pneumonia was gone we tested for a few other things but I really just wasn't getting answers so then I spent like honestly two years working with some different like um specialists specialists in like a natural Mm -hmm. approach Mm -hmm. um which was really big for me I did like intolerance tests to figure out which foods I was insensitive to and it's where our bodies are really interesting as we like to think that things just like happen you know you just get pneumonia Mm. but there's always an underlying aspect and a lot of the things that was happening to my body the underlying aspect was stress And so I started dealing with that and it did, it took a really long time. Like I remember when we were at that world championship, right? It was a super cool moment. We were meeting those Japanese fans, like they were taking photos with us. And I was just like at such a low point. I didn't feel like myself and it was scary, right? Like you get to know yourself, you like yourself. And then you're like, where did that person go? Right. Like I was crazy because on, on Instagram, on on the, on the social, like on the face, it it looks like you're just crushing it everywhere. Totally. But you have to be alone and comfortable with yourself and have these thoughts and and be experiencing all this. Yeah. And like probably one of the darkest. Exactly. And it becomes conflicting because there's one aspect like now that I share about it more. Right. But at the time you're like, well, I have this responsibility to like inspire and be that positive people because a lot of people are going through a dark time. And I had positioned myself as someone that can be that positive spot for them. Right. So it, it is hard when you're dealing with this all like behind the scenes and even in terms of like just your body, like I started having gut health issues to the point, like I would everywhere we traveled, I would blow like not just like a little bloat, like I would eat one thing and like look six months pregnant and it would hurt, right? Mm. So then all of a sudden, like you can't get work done because you're actually just in pain. Like I remember I would spend yeah. sometimes just like two hours laying down because Jeez. I couldn't do anything, right? Um, yeah, so I took a long, long time to fix. And um, I think we just have this huge like hustle mindset, right? Like you, when you ask like, how did I do that stuff? It's like, in a way, I just did it because I was young, but I also didn't really do it because after I had to spend two years fixing it, right? And I think that's what we need to acknowledge is like, you could say I did all that, but it also didn't totally work out, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. on the surface level, it looks like it worked out because, yeah. you know, I got some records in powerlifting. I built that business. I work for myself. But at the same time, yeah, it was two years wow. of like stepping back from my work to really and work it really, on that. it really all boiled down to stress. Yeah. Wow. Yeah incredible yeah they like you see you see stress in everything we do in our western like yeah. culture and society from the minute we wake up we check our phone and we see the, exactly. our email and then you get in a car and you're stuck in traffic and you're thinking about all these meetings and yeah. all these things you gotta do and all these things you gotta get done 
and maybe maybe in a day you might get five minutes if you're lucky to mm-hmm. kind of like even think about what is all this what what am i doing yeah. so i think that's it's really powerful that you share that story Thank you. and you're so candid about it and like it's empowering because like you're you're doing something that i think is the future of social media which is where you're comfortable enough sharing your truth and your story with people yeah and i think more people are actually gonna relate and be like oh my god this happened to me something similar might mm-hmm. not be as extreme or as yeah you know like exactly the same not, yeah <laughs> but it like people go through things and they don't share them and i think that that's gonna change i think totally i think in the future people are gonna become you're gonna have to because we can't just all keep this facade yeah the more connected and the more open we get this is why i love podcasting yeah if we can just have these conversations right but i think in the future it's just gonna be where like just share your truth and just be yourself and just talk about what happened and how you're feeling it's almost like therapeutic in a weird way like you talking to people about that and someone sharing something they might even give you a tip like hey when i'm this I totally. I get this I this is how I deal with stress or yeah. start doing yoga or meditation. Now I want to talk to you like what were some of the things you did start doing to now reverse some of that burnout? Yeah, it's it's funny so like I feel like we hear these things especially when we're young and we're very like Gary Vee mentality that just sounds like silly and like woo woo you know but then a lot of that stuff is like what makes the difference right so like like meditation is a huge hot topic right now but I think the way like you said we wake up we check our phones like we're on all the time that meditation is like more important than it ever has been because a lot of us can't sit for five or ten minutes and not think about things or not touch things or open our eyes right so that's been something I've definitely implemented because it was really hard when I first started. Like I remember setting a timer and just the whole time in my head, I'm like, how is my phone not beeping yet? Like waiting for the timer. You're like, it feels like forever, but it's been like two minutes, you know? Wow. And now I feel like I could sit there all day if I wanted to. Right. So I think like actually being able to clear my head was a really big one. Um, I always talk about non-negotiable. So like, when you're building something, it's so easy to put things aside, whether it's, you know, seeing your family, seeing your friends, doing your workouts for a lot of people, eating healthy, but you have to realize what your non-negotiables are and keep those in. So I always use like the Super Mario analogy, you know, you have to like get the mushroom to get (laughs) another life. There you go. Yeah. It's like (laughs) something gives you energy, right? Like you don't just start the Super Mario game and you may have five lives or you have 10, like you're doing things that give you those, right? So it's Mm -hmm. the same thing in life. Like we have to think of those things as something that gives us energy and energy is not something we just like have or don't have. So that was a really big thing is like knowing that no matter how your day is going, you need to stop and you need to do that 30 minute workout because it's going to actually make your afternoon more productive, right? Or going and seeing your family on the weekend, even though there's still work to do, because that's going to make next week even more productive and it's going to make you stay sane through all of it. So I think really identifying like what your non-negotiables are And then like learning to say no to a lot, right? Even if it's opportunities, sometimes we have to say no to opportunities because it allows us to keep that balance or keep that harmony or even just work on the one thing that we need to build, right? In like a society where like we have all those distractions and all these things pulling for our attention at all times, 
how do you sit down and identify what your non-negotiables are to you if you might not even know you're just going about your day every day just yeah. trying to get life done how do you do that where do you start where does someone start i think it's those things that you often like i'll use the gym as an example right people will like skip their workout for like i've done it too right you have a lot going on with work so you keep skipping it and all of a sudden you skipped it six days and on day seven you go and after you're like god i needed that mm, right i yes. really needed that why have i been putting that off or like when you don't want to go to the gym because you're tired and you go and you're like i actually feel great now mm -hmm. so it's finding those things right yeah. and i tell people like for me it's usually like like saying no to a social thing on a friday night for a long time was like a really big win for me right because you feel that pressure to go but for me it was actually like make the next day more draining but for other people they might go out on a Friday night and be like, man, I really needed that, yeah, that's right? that's true, that's true. So whatever makes you feel that way of like, damn, I wish I did this more often or like, wow, I feel so much better after that, yeah. you know? It can be anything. It can be like showering more often. You know, if you always feel really good after a shower, like you better start every day with a shower, right? That's true. So whatever I, makes I'm you one feel of those. that way. Yeah. I, I'm a weirdo. Since I was a kid, oh, yeah. I can't start my day without a shower. Really, yeah? It's just like, I just need it. That's my non-negotiable. Yeah. There you go. I got one. There you go. That's what I mean. It's it's a lot easier than we think yeah. to figure out what it is. That's right? true. That's true. It's just looking inside and just knowing. Just yeah. being real with yourself. Exactly. I, I like that a lot. So you overcame this and you're a lot more mindful now. And um, mm -hmm. what are some other practical strategies that you've you've implemented to deal with stress and not let you like get back into that? Yeah. Um so the 80-20 rule, I think, is a big one. So, right, like 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. And looking at that with everything you do in life, um, whether it's your relationships, your social life, your business, um, your goals, that's been really helpful. So cutting out a lot of the stuff that you don't have to do. Yeah. Um, and another 80 rule would be like the 80% rule. So like as long as things are 80%, they're good enough because mm. I'm definitely like a type A perfectionist, like mm -hmm. A plus student. And I experienced a lot of that where I, where I would do everything myself because no one's going to do it the way that I will. Right. I, I hate that I'm this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a really big um, learning curve for me was like, even if someone else can do it to 80%, that's actually good enough because mm. of the sanity. It will save you the time, the energy, and the fact that nobody else besides you notices the 20% difference. So that has been a really big thing is like letting go of things. Even if you are still doing things yourself, like stop taking the time to be a huge perfectionist and just recognizing like, okay, this actually is good. Like this email's done, this yeah. PDF, whatever you might be working on, like stop obsessing a little further. Mm. Um, yeah, and just really focusing on like, like with that 80-20 rule, like um, there's another concept of book that we've read called The One Thing that's really oh, great. great one. Yeah, exactly. So that really helps us think like, what is the one thing I can do today that makes everything else unnecessary or easier? Um, that's been huge because it kind of calls you out for doing all the little tasks that mm -hmm. are easy. And if you start your day with that one thing, yeah. if for some reason you get to two o'clock and you're exhausted and you need a nap, like you can take that nap because you've done the one thing. Mm. Whereas if you fill your day with all these little tiny Busy things. Busy tasks, yeah, all these things that make you look like you're super productive exactly. but you're actually not getting the thing that you need to get done, done. exactly yeah. and that's what stresses us out is it feels good to check off 20 things on paper mm -hmm. but then at the end of the night you're actually just still as stressed because you know you haven't done that one thing you haven't done something that's going to take you to the next level so i think really focusing 
energy has been big. I love that. And to add to that, maybe one more thing that's practical that I found has helped me is like determining what's um, urgent versus important. It, mm. it, and it kind of ties in with the same theme. But, yeah. you know, like we everything's urgent at yeah. all times to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, every text, every email, everything you get is like, hey, I need your attention right now. Yeah. And give it to me or like why'd you leave me on red like yeah. you know what i'm saying like it's this yeah, weird set like, new expectations exactly yeah. so but as soon as you can start realizing what's important which is more like what's going to help me in the long term achieve my strategic vision or my yeah. vision for me what's really important to me then you can start filtering out the bullshit like exactly. hey got all these texts yeah great uh, thanks guys i love you too yeah. but <laughs> can't respond to them right now so yeah. but i'm gonna get to it when i get to it but i'm just not i catch it's not important <laughs> so, yeah and <laughs> I, I think it's a great point and it it redefines expectations right i'm like very much like i love to be that friend that like no matter what time you text me like i'm there for you if you need me and i don't really know where that comes from but um i've had to learn to like step away from that because you can see it as a good thing but it's actually harmful to yourself right yeah, yeah. it's great for your friends but mm -hmm. then when you set that expectation the one time you're not answering right away they're gonna be like what has happened to you yeah. like it's like weird this weird dependency yeah exactly like, so really managing that and even yeah. with projects or deadlines right like i love i totally love like you know, over delivering. Right. So I'm the classic, like if someone's like, can you do this by tonight? I'll be like, yes, just to prove that I can. Right. Yeah. Cause it feels good to me. It's not totally about them, but then to say, you know what? No, I can actually get this to you by next Thursday mm -hmm. is like a really great tool to start adjusting those expectations because we think like they really need it. And you're also, you know, playing into their urgency that might actually not be urgent mm -hmm. and then you know i've had a few experiences lately where somebody's asked me to do something like that and then i say no and i give them another timeline and you know it's like a friday they're like can you do this by tonight i'm like no but how's um tomorrow and they're like yeah well that's fine actually we're probably not going to touch it till monday so monday's fine and i'm like wow i would have busted my ass to do that friday mm -hmm. and two seconds later monday's fine right it's respecting your own time as exactly. well exactly and so are you like doing stuff like scheduling time where you're doing nothing or like are you big on that like this is something i really need to work on i yeah. suck at this but it's like actually blocking off times or days where it's like hey no nothing yeah I definitely do that like often on Sundays or Saturdays I'll take time to just like make myself do nothing or you know you can still do certain things like I'll meal prep because it feels productive but it's also going to set me up for success for the week mm -hmm. um, or reading a book because I find that really helps you to slow down and start to crave those quieter moments too yeah um, but I'm really big now too on you know scheduling in my fitness if there's a yoga class I want to go to like I feel like we'll, we'll often book our schedule and then if there's time to do a class or go to the gym, then we do that. But now I've started to be a lot more present of like, sure, there's a class at 12 and 4.30 and somebody wants to meet at 12 and I'm like, oh, I guess I'll do the 4.30 one, but I kind of wanted to do the 12 one. And so now I'm like, no, sorry, I have something at 12. Mm. How's 1.30? And they say it's fine, right? Powerful. Yeah, so it's just actually deciding if they are your non-negotiables or you know, time to just chill should be a non-negotiable. Right prioritizing it the same way you prioritize other things recharge your battery exactly. keep yourself good for the next day i yeah. love it that's fantastic let's get back to the um the businesses that you're running right yeah. now and let's talk about what's the future of them what's what's going on 
what do you hope to achieve this year and like what's the vision yeah so with my mom made me do it stuff i've you know had a lot of requests for help with new entrepreneurs and um i'm obviously really passionate about one like marketing because that's always been my background and how we grew our brand and then two you know, helping people build without that burnout. So the same way I do with my fitness program, I now showing people from a business perspective, how you can do it and how, you know, these questions that you say, like, how do you get all this done and then still have time for yourself? Um, so my big thing for 2020 is I'm really helping business owners with that. I have, um, a group that I'm running, um, seasonally. So I have one starting in January. Um, and the group setting has been really cool. I have one right now. And, you know, a lot of it is just getting in touch with people who are in that same phase. So everyone in the group is, you know, at the same phase of this, their business where they've started it, but they're intimidated by marketing. They don't feel they have a strategy and everything's very new to them. Right. So I have that with a group setting and then I'm doing some one-on-one coaching as well. And my goal for next year is to turn a lot of that into some online material that people can do at their own pace whenever they're ready. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm just really p- diving in on helping people build without burnout, especially with businesses, because I think we need to start having a different conversation around it. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. Like Gary Vee is a hustler and I know like with wine libraries, he, you know, really did hustle, but it's also now you look at him and he's got a team of how many people, oh. even just for his vlog, he's yeah. got a team of how many people, it's right? Got a guy who follows him around yeah. the camera <laughs> and it's just like a content machine. Yeah, and he's just like exactly. telling everybody, yo, do this. Yes. It's like, yeah, but I don't have a team. Yeah. <laughs> yo, give me a and, team. Bro. And that's the thing, like, <laughs> I, I don't mean to discount his advice because I think it has a time and a place. It's but definitely I, valid to a certain degree, but yeah. take it with a grain of salt. Exactly. Right? Or, or remember that he has a team because then we see, okay, well, Gary has a daily vlog and then he makes Instagram videos out of that content and then he makes graphics. So somebody turns around and starts doing that all themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's where we start to run into problems, right? Like he has some really great ideas, but you also have to acknowledge what point you're at. And like I said, see that like he's not doing all those things all at once by himself. So he's not telling you to necessarily do that. We just get so hyped up and start doing it all. um, And then it's too late. I love it. This is fantastic. And then let's, um, also talk about with LVD Fitness, mm-hmm. what's going on with that? What's the next steps? Yeah, so we, we I didn't mention this, but we also have a media side of our business just within the powerlifting niche. We, um, you know, we were taking photos at meets anyways. Um, so we're still running our media side where we offer like photography and video for powerlifters. Um, but on the apparel side, we've actually paused production as of the summer. And it's something we've been talking pretty openly about Um in terms of sustainability and with climate change, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff happening right now and a lot of people need to take responsibility. I would say all of us need to play into it a bit. Um, So for us, you know, with the clean water aspect, we didn't want to have a business where we're, you know, conducting positive change by providing clean water and then contributing to a fast fashion crisis, Mm -hmm. right? Because it takes up a lot of water to make. Exactly. Yeah. Clothing. Yeah. Is there a way around that? There is. So there's um, some really great companies like Girlfriend Collective is a great example. They make um, like leggings and sports bras out of recycled bottles. Okay. So they like break them down. Right. And Mm. so there's lots of great options. So, you know, one route is we could go that way, which is. That doesn't sound comfortable at all. (laughs) It's kind of confusing because when you get it, it, you Uh, would never know. You wouldn't know. It's just like like any old. Yeah. It would be like if you're wearing like Nike or Lululemon or something. Yeah. Okay. That's cool then. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought about it. I'm like, wait. 
This is cool, but wait, like, yeah. is it like a hard plastic? No, no, no. Like, you would never know unless you, <laughs> weird you legging, read it. Man. Yeah, and that's the cool thing, yeah, right? Uncomfortable it's like, bra to be wearing. Just, yeah, like, <laughs> just crackling as yeah, you walk. Just like, all right. <laughs> Girlfriend collected. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, if anyone checks them out, like, you would not know from looking at it, that's which cool. is cool. That's cool. I think Under Armour or Adidas is doing a similar thing where they're only using recycled plastic going forward. Um, yeah, so there's, there's ways businesses can shift. And... Mm-hmm. Um, for us, that's something that would be like a huge undertaking right now, right? So what we've done in the meantime is just press pause to kind of acknowledge that and, mm-hmm. you know, to push people towards those companies that are more sustainable options. That's and, really cool. Yeah, to encourage people, you know, have a more limited wardrobe, wardrobe, like invest in some good pieces, but then don't keep buying. Like Forever 21 going bankrupt is probably one of the best things that could happen right now, right? Because we need a lot of those companies like to stop producing at the rates that they are. Mm-hmm. So that's just something where it doesn't totally align with us and where we're at. And it's something, you know, at the time we didn't think about. Right. Um, but now as issues are changing and, you know, it's coming to light a lot more, it's something where we want to make sure we're not having a negative impact when we're trying to have a imp- positive impact. Where does Lululemon fit into this? Because you are a Lululemon uh, ambassador. Yeah. yeah. So that's really cool. It started just uh, this May. I started formally as an ambassador for them. Um, it's a really great company that's you know, trying to tackle a lot of these issues too, which is cool. Um, And there's someone that just, you know, saw what I was doing and the message I was spreading and them taking me on as an ambassador is, you know, them saying that they see it and they want to support it, which I think is really big. So I'm going to be doing some events with them. It's awesome. All around burnout and helping people, you know, do some personal development. Um, But they've just been a really great partner. They're super supportive. And, um, yeah, they've just helped me from a lot of angles. So it's been cool working with them. And, yeah. you know, they're growing too, right? They just started a sustainability team, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think I it's cool. I love their clothes. <laughs> yeah, it's cool to work with people that are, um, you know, also always learning and growing. It's cool when there's people at the forefront of it, but I also think it's especially neat to see companies like that say like, oh shit, we should do something about this, right? And yeah. I think it's really powerful to see companies like that doing it. That's great. And it's a mm-hmm. Canadian company too. And you know, you're yes. all about kind of supporting things that are local and, and around the area. Totally. You've done some really cool things. Like you've spoken at events like the Shopify Summit, Gem Conference, Social School. I'm just listing this off because yeah. it's badass. <laughs> Legacy Conference, Local Talks, uh, Women's Strength Summit, International Women's Day. Like, you you you're a hustler still (laughs) say like people can say what they want you're a healthy hustler you're out here like talking and 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 you're really open about your story and you know talking about how you built these businesses and whatnot like i really like salute your hustle like it it i feel lazy (laughs) i I feel like i gotta work like a fifty thousand times harder yeah talk to me about like some of your favorite uh speaking engagements or things that you've done something that really stuck with you Well, okay, this wouldn't be a speaking one, but one of the things, like when you mentioned doing all those um, speaking gigs and sharing my story, I always find like the Instagram DMs are what hits me in the feels. Like Mm. I have people who have told me they've like moved cities and changed jobs because I inspired them to do so. Yeah, which is crazy because like I don't even talk about doing that, right? (laughs) It's crazy to have that kind of impact on someone's life. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like it even feels weird to say like I don't feel like I should take responsibility for that, but they've put that out to me, you know. Um, So getting messages like that when even when someone says I really needed this today, Mm -hmm. like 
to me, that's like, okay, my job for the day is done. So that's what really pushes me to keep sharing my story because like those burnout photos you're talking about, like they're not attractive photos. Like you can tell even in it that like I obviously was not thinking about smiling because I was not feeling good. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But to share that, like that takes a lot of strength, man. Yeah. See, it's funny. People say that. But for me, like I just think, well, one, it's two years later. So I think it makes it a lot easier. But um, yeah, I just feel almost like I have to, mm. right? Like, yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, it's so brave of you to share this. And it's just funny because it doesn't feel that way. It okay. just feels like almost wrong to not say something, to, you know, give someone like you a heads up that like, but yo, this can but, actually but happen. But that's what's brave. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It might not yeah. feel that way yeah. to you, but like to a lot of people wouldn't be able to do that. So that's right. where it comes in. Yeah. You're just too humble to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, wow, fantastic. I've really loved this podcast so far. Is there anything I really didn't cover that you really do want to bring up to the spotlight? I've got a few more questions for you, but is I there think, any? No, I like where this has been going so far. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. No, it's been great having you here, Lynn. Like, I feel like we could talk for hours, but yeah. <laughs> it's already been an hour, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing that you talked about that I like really stuck with me is that once you no longer could do the powerlifting or like you had to put that on break yeah um the identity mm. we like as humans when we identify with uh, something that we do yeah and and a community and like a bond yeah you kind of make that your idea of who you are and what you're projecting to the world so yeah. when that changed for you that must have been like a like all the physical, all that stuff aside, all the yeah. social media, everything aside, like for you, the identity, like that must have been really tough because I've gone through something similar when because yeah. I played football my whole life. Right. And then when I got injured and I could no longer play and go yeah. to the next level and continue playing something that I was passionate about and I love and this is like everything to me. Yeah. I kind of had like a little bit of a crisis like, fuck, wh- who am I then? Yeah. Like what, like what value do I bring to the world and, totally. and whatnot? So how do you like deal with that? I think, th- well, obviously I think for most people like going through something like that is like <laughs> the easiest, hardest way to learn. Um, but I, th- I think it's how we identify, right? Like a lot of the conversation I had around there was telling people, you know, you're not a power lifter. You're someone who power lifts. Mm. You know, you weren't a football player. You were someone who plays football. Yep. And it, it sounds so small, but it is a really big difference. It's the same way, like, we've changed the conversation. Like, we don't say autistic children anymore. We say children with autism mm. because their autism doesn't define them. Love so, it. Yeah, it's the same thing, right? We need to speak that way more often, I think. Yeah. And... I think we're just taught all the way along to feel like we have an answer. And I think those little identifiers make us feel like we have an answer, right? What are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm a student, right? People love the four years of university because their answer can be that they're a student and they're studying X. Cause it's That's so true. Yeah. It feels like an answer, right? Yeah. So, why why, why yeah. do we want to compartmentalize and make things it's so true. neat and like, I am a this, yeah. I'm a firefighter, I am a... Totally. Why is that? I wonder why that is. Man. Yeah, it's like built into us. And I think it's yeah. really interesting because especially when you start working for yourself, you get to this point where you just stop doing it, right? Because you said like, I wear so many hats. I don't even think about it. Like sometimes I'm filling out a form. It's like title. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> like, every form probably says something different. I'll be like, marketing director, CEO, like, I don't know, president, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah so I think it's like learning 
And also it takes a lot of self-reflection, right? Because you have to say like, who am I no matter what else happens? Like if I get a job tomorrow, that's the other thing, right? I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm someone who owns a business or runs a business because if I get a job tomorrow, I will be the same person. Whereas some people might be at a point where if they get a job tomorrow, it will crush them because they are an entrepreneur and that's all that they are in their mind, you know? So same thing with sports. I think we see it a lot in sports with injuries, right? Oh, yeah. Um, So it's very important to think about those questions. Ask, like, what's important to you? Um, Think about yourself outside of it, right? Like, with your family, I think it makes you a better person too, right? Like, you care more about your relationships. Like, we hang out with our family all the time. Like, we go to dinner with my parents probably more than we go to dinner with my friends. And I'm not embarrassed to say that because, to me, I've prioritized it. I have older parents being the youngest of three, right? Yeah. So I think it's deciding, like, you know, be that good sister, be the good mom, whatever you might be, be a good partner to your significant other um, and be really cool with who you are no matter what happens. Um, because, yeah, those things aren't who we are. It's just something we do. And I think we really get forced to identify that way. And just stepping back and saying, I'm not going to identify that way is really big. I love that. I, I've recently started changing how I view emotions and stuff that way as well, because mm-hmm. it doesn't just apply to your identity, but it's like, like, you are not angry. You're, yeah. You are experiencing anger. Totally. Just rewiring that a little bit, oh, it makes so much of a difference. So like, huge. Even like when I started dealing with a lot of this gut health stuff, it was really eye-opening to me because, you know, you would say like, I just don't have energy today. It's like, well, that's actually not true. You can, you have to do something to give you energy. Or like I, there was a lot of things about my body. You know, I'm classic. Like I have asthma. I have eczema. Like I just have like the shitty loser genes basically. And I accepted a lot of things about my body. And then when I started doing a lot of these natural changes, I started to realize that I actually had some control over it. You know, I had I had nightmares for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then when I changed my diet, the nightmares stopped. And that was a pretty crazy connection for me because I could tell that's, that that was what it was because then, you know, I would cheat on my new um, nutrition a little bit and have say like dairy or gluten and then I would have a wicked nightmare that night Mm. so it's something where we think we're not really in control of but but we actually have more than yeah yeah. when you start to shift your perspective and say okay I'm having nightmares what do I need to address in my life in my nutrition in my habits that could be causing that and then it's like really crazy when you think of all the things you could start to achieve because obviously we set those limitations on our thoughts right like a lot of people think I'm not smart enough for that I'm not creative enough Mm. everyone always tells me like oh I could never be an entrepreneur imposter syndrome sets in too yeah exactly yeah Yeah, i love it this is great um i'm gonna ask you one more question before i get to our lightning round okay uh it's kind of open-ended so okay but what's next for mal what's next i mean you've done all these cool things but i know yeah you you have a million things cooking up here (laughs) that you want to do but what's next? Yeah, so my next big thing is definitely helping entrepreneurs um, create businesses that they can feel good about, that they can feel good about making money with. I think people have a lot of weird triggers around money. So mm. the next year, I'm definitely going to be talking a lot more about that. Right. Um, yeah, helping entrepreneurs build that business without burning out. And then after yeah. that, just helping people grow without burning out, whatever that looks like for them. I love it. Spreading smiles, as yeah, you like to say. exactly. You do a great job at that. <laughs> Thank you. Let's start our lightning round before I let you go. It's just okay. five questions. And, um, you know, you don't have to answer like in one word or okay, something. Yeah, just, I, 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 I suck not at, good at that. <laughs> I, I suck at coming up with them. So don't okay. worry. They're, they're really not that deep. Um, 
I accept this first one kind of is. Okay. Uh, what <laughs> advice would you give a 17-year-old you? Oh, wow. <laughs> um... my first answer was like be nicer to your mom <laughs> like i feel like i've always that, had that's what it is yeah, like, <laughs> i've always had a good relationship with my mom but when you're young like mm. i definitely in high school like knew everything that you teenage know angst, yeah that, like, and just like why can't i do this and yeah. then now i'm like oh that probably was an unreasonable <laughs> request <laughs> um what's one thing not too many people know about you that might surprise people i think you're a pretty open book so <laughs> I think um, for a lot of people, it would be like my sarcastic humor, okay. which depending on how you know me is not surprising. But um, that's something that I've started to do a bit more, even just like in Instagram stories, because a lot of my posts are like very like inspirational. Like I remember going to one of those speaking events and the girl picked me up and she told me like halfway through the night, she's like, I'm just so relieved because like thought you were just like really nice but I thought you were just one of those people you know that's just like a nice person and like she's like you're actually just so funny and you have yeah. like a very sick twisted humor and she's like it just makes me so happy because I great. thought yeah she thought she'd be like walking on eggshells yeah, but yeah, yeah I am very very sarcastic no, that's great yeah that, that's funny that's a great answer your favorite coffee shop in Ottawa Ooh. um I know you don't drink coffee, but no, you but do I work at, coffee shops. <laughs> yeah. I think headquarters. Headquarters. Yeah, it's cool. like it's a, cool a good vibe. vibe. Yeah, and mm. also just like the table space. Like some places you go and you can't you put like got this yeah, room. you're like working on your lap where there's no room for a notebook. So that's really important. If anyone's opening up a coffee shop, man, yes, in 2019, tables. think about this, man. Come on. Don't give me like a little stool with yeah. like the circular and like thing good and... Wi-Fi. Oh, also, they'll put your order on a tab so like yeah. if you're working you can just like get a coffee and then order they'll, food it's like more convenient mm, yeah i like that and you get haircut inspiration because you're just watching people get their haircut through the glass wall yeah that's super cool yeah i, I like the the different vibe there yeah co-working space or quiet private office i think quiet private office i really like collaboration but i also am like easily distracted mm, in those settings yeah, so yeah. i find my best work is by myself but that's interesting going into this when i wrote this down yeah. i was thinking like almost for sure you're gonna oh, say really? co-working space so that's cool yeah no i'm like a work at home i like go out to those spaces to not go crazy like yeah. friday i worked from a coffee shop because i'd worked from home like eight hours every day of the week <laughs> yeah i get it yeah that's cool uh last question what's one thing you think everybody could start doing today to get uh, better at practicing mindfulness And you already kind of gave a, mm. some really good ones, but when I wrote this down, I didn't know you had right. that kind of ammo. It's <laughs> ready to go. So, um, <laughs> okay, I have two. I'm cheating. One is um, to actually prioritize sleep mm. because I I read the Sleep Revolution by Ariana Huffington. Okay. She made the Huffington Post. She actually broke her cheekbone because she fell over from being so tired from being overworked. So she has a crazy interesting story, but she talks a lot of the science of sleep. And it's a really great book if you justify staying up late and getting up early. Oh, people glorify it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, bro. Only need four hours of sleep. Yeah. Don't need it. No. Like, and then you read the book and you're like, wow, you would be so much better at your job if you slept eight hours. I think there's a sleep doctor specialist, Matthew Walker or something oh, okay. like that. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast yeah. and it blew my mind. Him talking about it. Just like he's like, it's the best performance enhancing drug on the planet. It's crazy. Sleep. It's like the best kept secret. Like people could make fun of me all day if they want 
for like when I go to bed and I just feel like whatever I've got the secret you know I'm, I'm trying to get there with you because yeah. that's a work in progress for me yeah yeah I feel like that's the main one and then yeah. second is just like that self-awareness we talked about right like start picking up on things that you do and start asking yourself how you can change them right like if you are one that lashes out at um your significant other like this is something josh and i were just lucky from day one we had where like we communicate very well so we rarely get mad at each other and if we do within like two minutes one of us is like okay i'm actually stressed about x i'm not upset with you and that's what it was and powerful man yeah just catching yourself in those moments i think like recognize where you're shooting yourself in the foot and yeah because sometimes you're just projecting it onto the next person yeah that's that's great yeah Mal this has been amazing it's been super fun I really love this podcast where can people find you how could they you know get on board with the things that you're up to tell everyone yes so my name is Mallory Rowan and my Instagram is Mallory Rowan and my website's Mallory Rowan so I keep it really easy (laughs) awesome love it and my DMs are always open on Instagram probably the best way to hit me up if uh, you have a question awesome thank you so much for coming on today and just remember it's not that deep Thanks. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Mallory as much as I did. I got a ton of value from it and I hope you did as well. Uh, If you enjoy this kind of content, please subscribe, leave a rating or contribute to my Patreon page. And don't forget to share. Remember, it's not that deep.